And good morning and welcome to Let's Talk. I'm Tracy Morgan. Always nice to have you with us, especially this time of day where we have fabulous professionals in to talk about issues that are important to you. And today is our day with the Butler Health System, and we're going to be talking about bariatric surgery today. Dr. Meng Lee is in with us, and we'll get him into the program here in just a moment. But before we do, let me give you all the different ways that you can listen. Because, of course, you do have us on the radio, AM and FM. Love that I get to say that we're on FM, but we're on FM as well now, so you have those two options. You have Alexa-powered devices that you can simply say, Alexa, play WISR 680. That's all you'll need, and then we'll broadcast as we are right now with you on your Alexa-powered device. You have the option to listen to us online, and you would go to WISR680.com for that. You can pick the Listen Live button. That's easy and simple. But if you have to leave us at some point in our conversation today, you can go online, pick Programs, Let's Talk, and then look for the Butler Health System, and you'll see Dr. Lee and I there with our conversation. So that'll be the podcast of the day. Oh, one more. It is the app that would go on your mobile devices. So you can download that however you get your apps, and you can put that on your device, and you can listen to us that route as well. So options, options, options. We love those. But we do have Dr. Meng Lee in with us today, bariatric surgery with the Butler Health System. Dr. Lee, it is nice to see you again. It's been some time now. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. It's great to see you too, Tracy. Absolutely. It's been a little while. So you are a master surgeon now. Uh, yes. Congratulations. Thank you so much. So what does that mean to be a master surgeon? So uh, usually uh, what it is, essentially uh, we have a uh, independent organization called SRC come in to certify our program. Okay. And uh, in order to be a master surgeon, uh, I have to be in practice for a number of years, uh, have some experience in terms of uh, performing bariatric surgery. And also, uh, they require uh, the master surgeon to be performing at least 100 bariatric procedures a year, uh, or more than 100 bariatric procedures a year. So uh, the organization will come down to inspect our program. They'll review our case logs, and uh, they'll uh, look at our complication rates, look at our patient outcomes, and then they hand out the uh, designation as master surgeon. Is there a, a level to the... Um to the designation, if you will. I know I've talked to one of your doctors at the Butler Health System about the, the you know, you, you're a doctor, then you're a resident, and then you're sure. board certified, and then you keep on going. Is there a level uh, like that being a surgeon? Uh, there's no official level designating like what level of surgeon you are, but uh, being a master surgeon, it just means um, there's a certain level of profes- uh, proficiency okay. that's involving with uh, taking care of battery patients. And uh, there's, um, so it's sort of like um, a testament to the, uh, the, uh, uh, the quality care that we deliver. Okay. So do people address you differently? I'm just curious, like in, in your circles when you're with other surgeons. No. When you're introduced, <laughs> and I'm just curious on that because, you know, sometimes when you're in educational circles, right? Sure. Somebody may say, well, they have their bachelor's or they may have their master's or sure. this is Dr. So-and-so, right? And, and you get that idea of where that designation has come from. Does that ever come up when, when you're introduced uh, to no, each other? No, no, there's no, no official title associated with it. Uh, it is sort of like uh, a little badge, if you will, you carry around with you, uh, sort of like, uh, but there's no official title okay. associated I'll with it. I'll call you so. master surgeon. I think it's fun. I think it's great. Congratulations <laughs> oh, on thank that. Thank you so much. Thank Absolutely. You so much. Now, before we get into the topic of bariatric surgery, mm-hmm. the other good news I wanted to bring up is the certification again sure. for this department at the Butler Health System. Yes. Tell us what certification this is and why I'm saying again. Sure. Yes. Um, so we just recently get recertified as a center of excellence for bariatric surgery. 
So what is, again, uh, we have an uh, independent organization that come in to review our program. And uh, they look over our program, uh, they look at how we handle patient pre-op, how we evaluate patient pre-op, how we perform the surgery, and how we take care of patient post-op. They also look at our records and look at complication rates, look at our patient outcome, and uh, make sure our patient's uh, comorbid, comorbid conditions are resolved with our surgery. And uh, so they put, uh, you know, they come in and interview our, um, uh, our staff and uh, our nurses, and uh, they check our equipment and uh, review our uh, techniques and uh, to uh, make sure we uphold and make sure we meet or exceed national standards. And they give out a certificate uh, called Center of Excellence to uh, sort of like a testament to the, um, to the excellent care that we can provide here uh, for bariatric patients. Well, Dr. Lee, is, how are you doing with your, your surgeries right now? Uh, I know we've talked before, it's been many months ago. So where are you with bariatric surgeries now that we're at this point in the pandemic? Yeah, that's a very good question. I mean, so obviously pandemic affect everyone. Uh, it has certainly impact our bariatric program as well. But uh, as of now, we're still performing our bariatric procedures and we're still seeing our bariatric patients. Uh, hopefully with the uh, vaccination program, the pandemic will, will improve, things will get better. Uh, but as of right now, we're still seeing, uh, performing the sur surgeries as we were before and also seeing our bariatric patients as well. Is there a, a wait, should we prepare if we are looking to get bariatric surgery, that there may be a wait of like six weeks or a month? And not to say that you're behind, but mm -hmm. everyone, you know, right. I mean, right. it doesn't of matter course. what industry you're in. Um, there is, you know, that that shortage of, of staff and, and folks are behind. And so it takes a little bit longer for just any industry to get some things done. Right. So when it comes to your world, if somebody is thinking this is the time that maybe I should go for this, should they think about preparing for something like six weeks down the road, two months down the road? Right. That's a good question. So even with bariatric patients, uh, bariatric procedures, even before the pandemic, uh, there's generally anywhere between three to six month wait time uh, because patient has to go through physician supervised weight loss program, which is dictated by the insurance company. And uh, so those patients, you know, even if they've been considering bariatric surgery, not going to be able to get surgery tomorrow or next week. They had to go through a process. So that process might take a little bit longer just because some testing might take a little bit longer. But as of right now, uh, we're still pretty much performing or doing the uh, seamless patients um, according to the schedule was on before. Bariatric so. surgery, is that a need or is that a want of most of your patients? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, it's really a combination, really. So uh, it depends on the patient. Some of the patients have uh, significant comorbid conditions associated with their weight. So for, that, for those patients, it's actually become a need. And uh, some patients, because their weight, because their comorbid conditions, um, they might need you know, hip replacement, joint replacement, and it's not safe for them to undergo hip replacement, joint replacement because of their weight. They might have to get a bariatric procedure to lose some weight before they are eligible for those, uh, those orthopedic procedures. So for those patients, the bariatric procedure actually become a need. In some of the patients, uh, you know, the, maybe their BMI is a little bit lower and uh, their medical condition, they still have associated medical condition, but those conditions may not be that urgent. Um, those patients, might, for them, the, the procedure might be a want more than a need. So let me ask you if the interest in bariatric surgery 
for those who are wanting this or maybe even needing this. Yeah. Has it increased or decreased over the past, we'll say 18 months, and I don't want to associate it with COVID, but with the pandemic in our lives, a lot of us have of reevaluated our lives. And, of course. And maybe they thought, well, I want to be healthier. This is not the path I want to take. Or sure. maybe I can't lose weight, so let me get some professional help to figure out this puzzle yeah. in my life. Yeah. Um, so has the interest increased or decreased? Yeah, absolutely. At the beginning of the pandemic, certainly the interest has decreased because people have other priorities in their lives. I think as the pandemic progressed and people realized that this pandemic might last a long time, and uh, I think some what we're seeing some of the patients who've been delaying their care actually coming back to considering the batch procedures uh, because we don't know how long pandemic is going to you know be with us and people uh, sort of uh, just trying to really get back to get their life back to normal. Um, so some people been postponing it actually been coming back to considering batch procedures now. So things are getting back to normal. I, I love the word normal. Sure, of course, yeah. <laughs> I can't wait till we're all back there, but that, that's great that you see that trend. Explain to me, and we've had this conversation before on how one needs to lose weight. I understand you say that it's regulated by insurance companies or that's a requirement by yeah. insurance companies. But my confusion always is if I have trouble losing weight before we get to that point, how is it that I'm going to lose weight prior to a surgery that's required by an insurance company. Yep. Isn't that why some people come to you because they're just having a struggle and they can't seem to lose the weight? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, the uh, a lot of people that come to see us because they try different weight loss programs, they try diet, they try to exercise. And a lot of times it's very difficult for a patient to lose weight just based on the diet and exercise alone. And that's why we offer you know surgical options and uh, certainly the surgery itself is not a cure of obesity. And the Wells Tower patients said, um, you know, the, it's really a commitment, a commitment from the patient in terms of lifestyle change after surgery. Surgery is really only part of the solution. And uh, really, the, uh, we um, have, a, have a group of uh, professionals, uh, the dietitians, the psychologists, the other specialists who come in to help these patients uh, to alter the lifestyle after, after surgery. It's really a combination of things. That's what helps them to lose the weight after surgery. It's not just one aspect we're changing. We're really trying to try to change their whole lifestyle altogether. So are you trying to help them understand that change before they even get to the surgery? Absolutely. Absolutely. So these patients will go through evaluation. These patients will see pretty much all the bariatric uh, patients will see a dietitian. will see a psychologist before surgery. And uh, those specialists are going to help them understand what lifestyle is going to be like after surgery and help make that transition a lot easier. Um, but uh, a lot of times, you know, these patients has been, has been uh, you know, heavy, overweight, or obese for a lot of years, uh, for majority of their adulthood. And uh, it's, uh, it's not something that we can just, uh, it's not one thing that would change that can alter the whole entire lifestyle. There's some, it's a combination of things. So uh, we, we have them see the specialist before surgery. We also have them see specialists after surgery and to help them to make that transition a little bit easier. I want to hear success stories in a moment if you're willing to share. Sure. I don't want to shy people away from this option. Of course. But I know that there are a lot of people who are nervous going into this. Yes. And so, one, how do you calm those fears? Two, how do you handle their emotions, because I know you're a doctor, not a psychologist or psychiatrist, but you have that team put together. But still, you have to interact with those emotions with your clients. So how do you do that 
to ease their fears that there can be success on the other end of this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's really through the uh, educational aspect of the, uh, the surgery. Uh, even before a patient come in to see us, we generally recommend patients to attend an informational seminar. It's a free informational seminar. We also have a seminar on our website. Patient can view it at their home anytime they want to. So give them some general information on different procedures. And uh, the, um, we also advise patients to attend a, uh, a support group meeting. So support group is actually where our patient who had a bariatric procedure done, who come to kind of uh, in, the, in the social media platform or in person to uh, get together and to share their experiences. Sometimes we invite the patient who are thinking about a bariatric procedure come to those meetings. And uh, though a lot of times patients who had a bariatric procedure done will offer a lot of insight into what worked for them, what didn't work for them, and to help answer a lot of questions for patients who are thinking about bariatric procedures. And uh, through information, through the, uh, the education, really, to help them understand what, uh, what lifestyles are going to be like, a lot of times it will, will ease their fear. People always worry about what, you know, what, they're, what they're going to be able to eat, what their lifestyle is going to be like. And a lot of times, you know, through, the, um, through the experiences of a patient who have been through the whole process, been through the whole program, they kind of ease their fear and ease their um, understanding of the whole program. Also, we'll kind of discuss the, uh, the procedure itself in detail with the patient. I think uh, the more we can explain to the patient what to expect after surgery and what surgery entails, also alleviate their fear. And also after surgery, it's a long-term follow-up for these patients. We usually see our patient about a week or so after surgery. We see them again three weeks after that. We see them once every three months for the first year and once or twice a year thereafter. So just the fact that we're seeing our patients so frequently after surgery and just being there for our patients, I think it's also ease of fear uh, of undergoing the surgery itself. I think the support group creates such a, an atmosphere for someone that they don't feel so isolated because even though you are mentioning how often you do see a patient yeah. after the surgery, you can't be in our back pocket every, every day. Yes. You know, it would be nice that the expert is, you know, by my side through the whole thing. Sure. But you have a job, you, you know, you have to see yeah. other patients. Uh, that being said, um, how important are those support groups that someone maintains their attendance in these support yes, groups? Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, certainly a voluntary program, uh, but uh, our support group is actually very well attended by our patients, and our patient really, really loves them because, um, you know, that, again, it's a platform where our patient can come to to share their experiences, kind of support each other through the whole process. So uh, we always encourage our patient, even you know, before or after surgery, to attend a support group. Sometimes when patients run into some problems after surgery, a lot of times those questions can be answered by, the, uh, by other patients you know, in the support group uh, setting. And it's a very friendly setting, and it's kind of no pressure because everyone... A safe zone. Know, it's a safe zone, safe right, zone. exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's uh, kind of a great place. I encourage you know, our patients to, to utilize that resource. Dr. Meng Lee is with us, bariatric surgery, master surgeon. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. I'll tout your master surgeon <laughs> title, but uh, master surgeon um, with the Butler Health System. And uh, we're talking about bariatric surgery. And, and if you have any questions, feel free and, and get in touch with the Butler Hospital. They can point you in the right direction. But Dr. Lee, what is the process to get started? Do we see our PCP first? Do we reach out to the hospital first? How do you become a part of this journey? Sure. Uh, how does it get started? Yeah, that's a good question. And uh, there's different ways really can get into the bariatric program. Uh, the, uh, you can certainly go through your PCP and get a referral to see one of us. 
And or, uh, like I said before, you can attend one of our free information seminars. You can sign up online. Uh, the uh, seminars, uh, we offer live seminars in person uh, once a month, usually on the third Thursdays. And uh, the uh, seminar, there's a pre-recorded seminar that's actually on the website, so you can view it anytime. So well, if you're interested, you can call the office and schedule consultation appointments. And uh, usually we'll go over your medical history, we'll go over your uh, insurance information, we'll go over your preferences, and try to select a procedure that's best fitted for our patients. How does it work for a patient when they come into an office that has multiple doctors in your line of work when it's such a focus and it's bariatric surgery? Mm -hmm. And I ask that because I remember way back in the day when I had my two kids, you go into the office and whatever doctor is available at that time, you know, that's who's going to deliver and that's fine. I understand that process. But when it comes to this kind of process, if I were to see you, yeah. do I always get to see you or do you rotate through your doctors? Yes. Yeah, so uh, if you see me initially for consultation and uh, you're going to be, I'm going to be your surgeon, I'm going to perform your surgery and I'll see you after the surgery. So uh, I have two other partners. So uh, if you see one of my other partners and again, same thing, they'll carry their patients, uh, they'll see their patients, uh, perform their procedure and also see them after the surgery. We do cross cover each other's patients, you know, on the weekends and et cetera. Uh, but uh, generally we see our own patients. When they have a, an emergency, I don't say when, mm-hmm. not that it happens all the time, but if someone has an emergency, are they rec- is it recommended that they call your office, one of you, or do they go to the emergency room? What happens? Yeah, usually that? I tell patients if you have questions, have problems, call our office first. So uh, the um, you know, office will, the, uh, the, the, our batch coordinator, Kelly Conti, will, will direct you. It uh, depends on the situation. Sometimes we want to see you in the office. Sometimes we will drive you to the emergency room. Kind of depends on the situation. I haven't heard Kelly Conti's name for a long time. Tell her I said hi. Oh, yeah, I will. I will. I will. Well, Kelly. Hi, <laughs> Kelly. Thanks for doing all that you do. Uh, Dr. Mengli with the Butler Health System. So um, do tell us some success stories if you can. I know there are HIPAA laws, so I don't mean to sure. you know, break that law and, and get you into any trouble there. But what can you share some success stories that have come to you? Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, we have patients, um, you know, the... Uh, uh, say 28 year old uh, lady who um, who has been obese for for you know number of years uh, she had tried different weight loss program without any success and she eventually came to see us she has diabetes and she has uh, some other um, high blood pressure comorbid conditions and uh, after a successful bariatric procedure she lost you know almost 120 pounds and um, you know last time we saw her in the office just uh, a couple weeks ago and she was very happy with her progress and her lifestyle. Her life's completely changed, and she felt a new person. And, um, you know, so uh, that's kind of the story we're, we're looking for, and that's kind of the story we kind of see every day. Uh, for patients who are, you know, interested, um, we have patients who are a little bit older, and uh, patients who require a hip replacement, who underwent surgery, uh, lose a weight and uh, got their hip replaced and uh, was able to ambulate, was able to walk and was able to play their grandkids again. So, yeah. What have they done? Maybe not them particularly, but others that have had success with this. How were they able to manage that new way of life? Were they able to still maintain that new way of life? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a very good question. So uh, we always talk about the, uh, you know, weight loss surgery. Patient will lose weight uh, after surgery. The, the question is how to maintain that weight loss, you know, long term over five years, ten years, twenty years down the road. So uh, we certainly have patients. That's why we see our patient long term after surgery too, 
the uh, we see our patient, you know, once every uh, once a year, once or twice a year, usually after uh, after the first year, and we'll keep track of our weight loss. And uh, generally speaking, the the weight loss uh, patient, the weight loss will continue after surgery for about a year and a half or so, and then they're going to reach a steady level, and that's what we're going to try to keep their weight off at. Patient weight sometimes will fluctuate a little bit, but generally speaking, uh, we can um, maintain their weight at that uh, at that steady level. And uh, the, um, the the overall, probably 85% of patients will can maintain their weight. Uh, in about 10 or 15% or so of patients will experience some weight gain. Uh, the uh, That's why we kind of see our patient long-term, because there are certain things we can do, certain medication we can do, um, certain lifestyle changes we can modify and help people kind of stay on track. Some weight gain, is that a dangerous amount, or do they see just three or four pounds, five pounds, something that's very reasonable? Yeah, well, the uh, some weight gain could be more than three or four pounds. So, uh, so again, depends on the patient. So uh, sometimes when they uh, kind of move off track, uh, they can gain, you know, 10, 15 pounds or so. And uh, the, uh, the, the key is intervention early. So if we can get those patients early and start treatment early, we can bring them back on track and help them prevent them from gaining more weight. What is acceptable? Is there an acceptable line that you deem in a patient if they are going to uh, gain weight? Not that I want people to gain weight again, sure. but if they do gain five pounds, is that acceptable? Is 10 acceptable? Or is that an individualized conversation because of that person's condition? It's more like individualized conversation. Uh, so there's no hard and fast number on what way we want to keep them at. It really depends on patients' other comorbid conditions, meaning they have uh, diabetes or have high blood pressures or have hypertension. So what the goal is, you know, to maintain them at a steady weight, uh, but there's no hard and fast rule on how much weight we have to keep them at. And uh, the, the, the goal is really kind of prevent them from uh, getting back their comorbid conditions, their uh, other associated diabetes and high blood pressures. Yeah. Do you have patients come to you with concerns over COVID-19 and their weight? There's been, you know, national conversations out there about some information where, you know, that could be more dangerous. Again, I don't have that information right in front of me, but from hearing those kinds of sure. stories, do people come into you and question you about that? Yes, yes. I mean, it's a good question. Even with COVID-19, uh, because COVID-19 primarily affects the pulmonary system. So in patients who are overweight or obese, they generally speaking, they already have a compromised immune system. And that they generally have a, a more complicated uh, course with COVID-19. So certainly that brings that, uh, the aspect of our, our health into, uh, into focus again. So because uh, those patients who are overweight or obese at a high risk of a complication from COVID-19. Are they compromised because of the weight or compromised because of other health conditions? Uh, probably both. It's okay. combination things. So uh, generally speaking, when someone who is obese or overweight, they tend to have other health issues associated with them. And also because, uh, because they're overweight or obese, they put a lot of pressure on their airways. Um, so make them harder to breathe. A lot of times people have uh, associated sleep apnea or uh, breathing issues, or COPD. Um, so that definitely puts you, put them at high risk for COVID infection. Now, this is months and months and months ago that I talked to Dr. Love. I've talked to him throughout this whole pandemic, but he was talking about how people would be able to go in their stomachs to, mm -hmm. to breathe. Other. Is that something that's possible with somebody that is overweight? It's possible. We can prone those patients, meaning we can put them on the stomach to help allow them to expand, but it become more difficult if they reach certain weight. 
uh, just because that you know when they're heavy, that means they're putting more pressure on their lungs and putting more pressure on their diaphragm and putting more pressure on their their, their you know, respiratory system. Yeah. So definitely making things a little bit more difficult. Gotcha. So uh, you're here, of course, to focus on bariatric surgery. So let me get back on that uh, track before we run out of time. Dr. Meng Lee is with us with the Butler Health System. And, uh, of course, you've been here for quite some time now. Yeah, I have. I, I know. Have. It's already been 10 years. Blink of an eye. And it's <laughs> right, like, wow, really. where did those 10 years go? Really. But let me ask you this question. I'm always curious. What drew you to this particular, p- particular niche in your life? Um, it's sort of like combination things. Uh, the um, coming out of residency, uh, the I was interested in doing general surgery. I was in the Navy for a few years, kind of uh, you know do, had some exposure to trauma, etc. And uh, the uh, bariatrics, when I first moved to Butler, there's a there's really a need in the community for that. Uh, we weren't really offering bariatric programs at the time. But uh, because the, the, really the demand in the area for that service, I began to do bariatric surgery and sort of like I fell into that uh, niche, niche and uh, sort of like being expanding the bariatric practice. Yeah. Dr. Meng Lee, um, I always appreciate your time whenever you come here today or when you come here and be able to talk about uh, bariatric surgery. Anything that you want the audience to take away from today, what is that big takeaway that you want us to remember? Uh, I think the big takeaway is, um, you know, we offer a program. We have a, a bariatric program here at Butler. We offer we're a center of excellence, and uh, certainly, we're here. Uh, the uh, regardless of pandemic or not, we're here offering the service. So, the patients who are interested, um, we're open and uh, we're seeing our patients um, and uh, get them through the um, uh, the uh, the whole uh, event. Where do you recommend people get information? That is, of course, a very important aspect of going through this process is getting that information before they even get to talk to you. You know, we shop online. Sure, you know, we do. That's how people work. So where do you recommend we go to get that information? Sure. I mean, you can certainly Google the uh, information. There's a lot of available open source information out there. We have a website ourselves at uh, butlerhealthsystem.org. And uh, so certainly you can get some information there. And uh, like I said, we have our online seminars. We have our uh, support groups online. So I always tell patients, you know, the more information you gather, the more information you have, uh, the better prepared you're for the whole program, uh, better prepared you are for the surgery, the better outcome you're going to have. Whether it's a need or whether it's a want, is there a minimum BMI that you're looking at? Is there a minimum weight? But I guess mm-hmm. BMI would be more appropriate because it depends on how high or the height right. that somebody right. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So essentially, BMI is a ratio between the patient's weight and their height. And uh, we usually use a BMI cutoff of 35 or so. And that's a, the, uh, the criteria uh, most insurance companies will use. So uh, the, uh, if patient BMI greater than 35, typically they'll qualify for the uh, bariatric surgery and depends on the insurance, et cetera. But um, so, you know, if, um, if you meet the criteria, you can certainly give us a call and then we can verify the insurance information and verify your health information and we can go from there. As always, Dr. Lee, thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you it's for having nice me. It's always nice to talk to you, Master Surgeon. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> I, <love laughs> I appreciate it, it. it. Folks, thank you very Thanks. much for joining us for this segment as well. We are out of time with our Master Surgeon. I love it, Dr. Lee. So that's what I'm going to call you every time I see you. You know he's a Master Surgeon. Uh, but uh, if you joined us late into our conversation, what you can do is go onto our website and listen to this program in its entirety. So what you would do is you go WISR680.com. You're going to pick programs in the menu bar. 
Drop that down to Let's Talk and then look for the Butler Health System and Dr. Lee. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Tracy Morgan with Let's Talk.